Hiya, I'm Alan. And I'm Richard. Welcome to the Mindful Podcast. Ah, oh, for all your hungry brains, come gorge in our delicious homemade recipes of enlightenment. It's basically a podcast about mental health. <laughs> Fucking daft does, like. <laughs> Hi guys, it's just Richard here from the Mindful Podcast today. Um, it's a bit of a special one, actually. Um, it's a pre-recorded podcast, our first one. We went yesterday to go and see Chloe at CVFM Radio, which is a local radio station in Middlesbrough. And she does an hour show um, kind of there, and, and she runs a project called Project Middlesbrough as well, which is kind of promoting local businesses and, and things that are going on in the Middlesbrough area. Um, so we went down there yesterday, and we had a little chat about mental health, about our jobs as mental health nurses, about our experience working through the pandemic and and you know how that's affecting everybody in terms of the mental health and well-being. Uh, we also talked a bit about the podcast and promoted that, uh, and a little bit about our business that we've just set up as well. So it was a really good hour um, talking to Chloe, really interesting, and um, I hope you guys like it. So here you go. Is 12 minutes past five. Um, we are joined today by two male mental health n- nurses. I've got my words muddled there. Richard and Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank Thanks. You. How, is this, this isn't your first time on radio, is it? I wouldn't say we're seasoned professionals. Uh, this is our second time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We were just saying earlier that we were in, if anyone out there remembers Gladiators, we were interviewed by Jet many, many years ago on BBC Tees, which yeah. is our claim to fame. You just asked me and I was like, I have no idea who that is at all. <laughs> if you're born in the 80s, you'll go, yeah, yeah, I know who that was. 95. So you you are both here today to talk about mental health um, and you have both just launched a podcast about mental health mm-hmm. um, and also your mental health business. It's an interesting time, isn't it, for mental health? I think through COVID and this whole year, it's it's a thing that I think will be affecting a lot more people than any other year. Um, yeah, I think it's it's almost like after the pan. I suppose after the first maybe four or five weeks of the pandemic, things were very quiet in mental health services. But then after that period, then it just it just got extremely busy where we were seeing people I mean we both work in secondary mental health services as well and it was just very very a lot of very unwell people and a lot of it was kind of linked to kind of what's going on uh, globally it's mad though isn't it like the amount of the amount of people will be isolated due to covid do you think that will play a massive impact in people's mental health or it's I mean, yeah, generally what we'll see is that there's, there's people that will come to our service. It's almost kind of like the lockdown and the pandemic and the uncertainty of it all. It just sits kind of insidiously in the background. So you've got your general kind of issues. You might be quite an anxious person already. And this just sits on top of the layer. And everybody, I think, in the country would probably admit at some point they felt anxious about it or they feel kind of depressed about it. So kind of it just takes that little bit of a tipping point and, and the pandemic has mm. just caused that for a lot of people. And like, like Alan said, it was quiet. And I would say even it was more when lockdown started to ease off than mm. we then saw because people were maybe getting out a bit more. And um, that's when the, the kind of the, the rise in referrals yeah. certainly came in. Yeah. I think it's, it is probably linked to, like you said, is is probably linked to a lot of isolation that people felt that they didn't want to go out or they didn't feel as though they, they could ask for help, and then the people are just trying to manage by themselves. But 
particularly if you've, if people are struggling before the pandemic and then you've got a, a long period where people are isolating, then that's probably the crucial point where mental health services and, and support services probably needed to help them people and that was the that was the sticking point really. How long have you both worked in mental health services? Since 2000, we trained together didn't yeah, we? Yeah. So we qualified as nurses in 2007. Uh, so I've worked in early intervention side courses service since then, so kind of a, almost a seasoned professional veteran. Yeah, yeah. If, if someone's listening, and I think a lot of people would wonder, obviously, we know about mental health, but being mental health nurses, what is your job very varied in what you do and... Do you think that people need to maybe have a more of an understanding of the services that are available? There's, yeah, I mean, there's. I think my choice in terms of going into either general or, me or mental health, I think it was swayed more because it seems it's such a diverse job, isn't it, mental health? And there's such an uncertainty about what we're working with, which I quite enjoy, whereas I think in general health it's very much you can diagnose and you can scan and you can take x-rays and know exactly what's going on. But yeah, in terms of kind of what services are out there, yeah, we've got obviously community services, we've got services um Rugby Park locally, we've got wards and other wards kind of locally in the area. Um, but that's basic. There's outside of just the ward and the community, there's there's lots of different uh, mini services almost. So everything, everything's split up. So you don't just have where years ago you might have just had a generic mental health community team. Now you've got it's split into different issues. So you've got effective team which work with people with mood mood disorders um, and personality disorder then you've got psychosis teams so they are split down into early intervention in psychosis which is us what we work into and then a wider psychosis team that work with people that might have enduring kind of issues with, with psychosis um, we have eating disorder services we have CAMS or children and young people services um, we have access teams that kind of work, that will assess people that have come from the GP to find out what service they might need. Um, we've got crisis services, so mm. people that might need to kind of um, need some kind of short-term support. They've had a bit of a crisis in terms of the mental health; they'll get seen by them. Um, and then, like we, we were discussing before we came on, in the hospital, generic hospitals, or kind of just locally South Tees, you've got psyche liaison teams as well. So we're embedded into into general wards as well. So it's hugely diverse, yeah. isn't it? I think, I think one of the concerns of the public, what I've seen over many years, particularly when when you go to meet people for the first time who are kind of experiencing difficulties and stuff, is that there's a there's a big fear around. And I still feel that there's a big fear around kind of secondary mental health services that you, you, you do an assessment with someone and go to meet them and they have this fear that they, you're going to take them to hospital, you're going to lock them mm. up and they're going to be carted off to, to St. Luke's as it once was called. Mm. And it, that, it almost has that, that culture locally is probably still there. Uh, and it's sometimes breaking them barriers down because 99% of the time, that doesn't happen that's kind of a last case scenario uh, and it is about kind of just helping reduce people's fears that we're just there to help them kind of help them make sense of their experiences and help them through kind of distress and stuff since you started in 2007 you qualified do you think the way people think and talk about mental health has changed like like you said people think if they've got a mental health problem they are going to be put into you know section and put into a mental health hospital and they use maybe not as nice words from what i've heard through the years do you think it's changed since you both first qualified do you think it's getting better or do you think there's still a massive stigma 
behind mental health and being a mental health sufferer? I think it's, like I said before, we became an air about kind of social media. I mean, social media has its kind of downsides, but it, I think people are more aware. There's, you know, there's been television programmes, there's been celebrities come out and talk about their mental health kind of issues. So people are more aware, but I still, like Helen was saying there, I'll go and see people now and, and do an initial assessment. And there is some people that will kind of be, be worried about, are you going to take me to hospital? Um, and the, so they still have that. And that'll just, that's, that's generational. That's probably come from just kind of the local mm. kind of um, kind of area just kind of being worried about what what happens isn't in terms of kind of mental health services um, so there isn't yeah there is still a lot to change isn't there's a lot of attitudes yeah. to change still I think uh, like I suppose when we've it, knocking on how many years now 13, 14 mm. years 13 um, it'll be won't it yeah mm. and we, there is a massive change and I think there's a massive change in the narrative of mental health uh, particularly when we first trained we were saying just off air that you know one of the the was it the general nurse kind of lecturers who was mm. you know, welcomed us on kind of a thing as as nutty nurses well you wouldn't get that now so there's a, there's a narrative change around what words we use because I think there's there's a power to certain words and I think if we can be more mindful of the words we use which is happening particularly over the last kind of three or four years is that can kind of that can change a culture as well of how what we what we say to people. I think it's language, like you just said. Like when I was at school, it was like mental health. Oh, there's this nutty hospital on Martin Road. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. think in a school now, a teacher would correct the mm. terminology. Yeah. I always think when someone takes their own life, I use the phrase "take their own life" instead of "or oh, the you know they killed themselves." I think mm. there's language that can be changed, and I think it is changing, mm. and hopefully that will help younger people oh, and all generations have a better understanding of mental health mm. um, do you think more needs to be done in schools to educate younger people about mental health go on yeah no absolutely I think it's it's an area that I know Alan you've done some some kind of talks and some some work with with young people in schools locally um, more to do about educating the children around their own resilience and their own well-being because I guess we look at you look at schools and, and, and they're very much driven about kind of academia and physical education but where's the mental health education it seems to be it isn't as maybe as relevant or, or kind of people don't see it as relevant but you've got to see the whole person haven't you oh, and, and that you happy successful adults need to have a, a, a resilience kind of built within them I suppose and, and it's not just about be, achieving academically or kind of being fit and healthy physically um, you know the more successful people and driven people are people who can look after their own well-being as a whole so absolutely I think it's it's not it, I think that's changing there's certainly I think it, not, not I don't know about kind of locally but there's certain schools that have mindfulness on the curriculum um, you know that kind of so looking at kind of helping kids understand their own well-being a bit more but there's certainly a lot more work to be done oh, isn't yeah. there? I think this is I mean some of the work I do outside of kind of our day job is kind of I suppose well-being consultancy work in schools uh, mainly for kind of school staff because I think mm. one of the one of the biggest things particularly for younger children is if they're into an, if they're going to a calm environment, children naturally absorb the information from their environment. If they're going into a stressful environment, then they'll think that that's the natural environment, that, and they'll learn from that environment and become stress stressful adults as a as a default. So I suppose sometimes it is almost helping and supporting kind of staff in workplaces to to help them kind of deal with their own mental health problems or ju even just kind of like mm. like Richard said there's focusing on resilience uh, is 
if you have a good workforce and 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 good teachers and TAs who can support children who feel calm themselves and, and are resilient, then that kind of naturally rubs off on on the children, and then the the, the environment changes because it's, it's not a stressful or chaotic environment. I think education is key. If you can put it in education in the curriculum, I can't say that word properly. Um, then it will. It, it's a start. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I don't know whether the government it is in all schools, but I know some schools run pilot schemes. But I just feel if the government maybe did more to put it in schools, even from a very young age, it would just change the the narrative yeah. of mental health. Because I do think it's changing, but I do still think a lot of people have got a very bleak view. Of mental health, yeah. I, I, the language I hear from some it's people normalizing is normalising it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the problem with the word mental health, when you say physical health, people think of fitness, people mm. go to the gym, good good lifestyle, healthy diets. When you hear mental health, people think of illness, anxiety, depression, stress. Where so the, the narrative of mental health, the term itself, has been misconstrued in society because you think. It's mental health, which should mean resilience, confidence, self good self-esteem, kindness, compassion, joy, all that type of stuff. So we've got that. I think what we've got mixed up as a society is the word mental health isn't mental illness. It isn't the, the negative side of things. It's what we should be doing is creating a society where we see mental health as a positive it's a, yeah. it's, a mm. it's an opportunity to grow from and even kind of the the downsides to our kind of mental health such as stress and anxiety and stuff that is we sometimes if we we see it as a, a, a deficit model as in if we have anxiety or if we have stress that means I have a problem in my life where if we shift the perspective I have anxiety, there's a reason for this, this is a lesson, how can I grow from mm -hmm. this? If I'm stressed, how can I grow from this stress? So it's kind of changing the perspective as well on how we view mental illness or how we view these negative connotations around, particularly the biggest ones is anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And like you've said, that the word mental health, it's so many different things, like the services that T's and S we would offer, it's not just one thing, is it? It's got mm -hmm. so many different different conditions that people have i think people just think of mental health and, and just think of somebody i don't want to say losing like kind mm. of you know having a bit of a breakdown not being able to cope in general life um that's kind of what people think they don't think of all the different conditions that there is behind the name like the word mental health yeah, yeah. And i think we worked on we we work in a in, in a service in, in kind of an, an environment where we're working with the outcome of, of people that are in real difficulties and we're trying to kind of move those people onto recovery but I think generally we, we I guess like Alan's saying there it's not about kind of trying to protect people from becoming unwell and that's a, that's a negative way of looking at it isn't it it's about like we said building that resilience and looking more positively around your mental health um, and that starts from, from a young age mm -hmm. really it's, yeah. Yeah. well definitely but that was Oasis She's electric. I'm not sure what year that's from, but yeah. We're here on um, Saturday the 26th of September. We are joined by Alan and Richard, who have been in the studio with us for the last half an hour. Are you enjoying, enjoying the interview? Yeah, we love to yeah, talk. Fun. Yeah, we like do the talk. It's good to talk. Yeah. Mental health nurses, that's all we do. All that's all you do, just <laughs> talk, talk, talk. Now, we're talking about your podcast that you've launched, the Mind Food Podcast. Explain the name. <laughs> Explain the name. Uh, we were just, I think we were sat in my house, weren't we? We were kind of looking at, right, we need to know 
launch some sort of online thing where we're getting our message out because I think our message is that, like I said earlier, mental health should be known as health rather than illness. Uh, so more like a growth mindset approach to it. And we were thinking, right, what's good for the mind? And then we've kind of brought the food bit in. So what's good for mind is exercise, kind of meditation, talking, being around family, a sense of purpose, joy, all that type of stuff. So we just thought it from that perspective, yeah. didn't we? As in, right, this is food for the mind is these things. Uh, and it just kind of spiralled from there, yeah. didn't it? And it's a bit silly, but I think and that's kind of the approach we wanted to take as well. But it, we didn't want to take it too serious, I think. Like, there are a lot of podcasts on mental health and some brilliant ones and some very educational ones. And a lot of serious ones, and well, they were all serious. Yeah. And we, we looked, we listened to a lot before mm. we started, and we thought, "Oh, this is really a serious subject." And you think we're not? I think, and any mental health nurse out there would probably agree with us is that we're all a little bit weird, and we're all a little bit kind of quirky and quirky, and all all of it kind of mixed into one. And you think we need to bring that to mental health because it's something that you can laugh about. It's something you can have fun around, mm. isn't it, rather than everything being serious all the time. Yeah, I think sometimes when I have people on the show talking about mental health, I think sometimes people read the bios here on socials and think, oh, that's going to be a bit a bit deep. Do you know what I mean? Like, they don't think you can just have a general chit-chat conversation yeah, yeah. about it. Like, it is a serious subject, but we can have a, a mild, light conversation about it, and we don't... Do you know what I mean? I it, think people just they've still got this like they think it's going to be a deep dark mm -hmm. discussion yeah and you've got to break down barriers and, and Hume is a good one and we'll, uh, we'll use that with patients or me a lot of the time as well that are you know kind of experiencing some strange and odd experiences and the amount of times I've had kind of a good laugh with people about their own stuff that's going on and it yeah. really does help just to take that slant of let's just go a bit silly and a bit kind of non-serious non and it just yeah because if you think we if this is a serious thing that we we you know we, we we worry about how we kind of bring it across and talk about it then people will won't won't want to open up and talk about it is I think if you kind of add a bit of humour to it and, and, and make it a bit more light hearted it engages yeah. people more. It's, it? it's I suppose it is humour is an emotion that opens people up it connects people uh, and if you look at like if if someone's very very stressed and you're going in and you're being very serious and talking about serious stuff all the time, then sometimes that closes the situation down, where having breaking the ice with humour can open someone up to think, oh, this is okay to speak about stuff. Uh, and that's the approach that we're trying to take, isn't it? As in, let's just have some serious conversations, but stick some lovely, weird humour in there so people get the message a little bit easier, because when people are laughing, or thinking, oh, that's a bit strange, or that's a new way to look at it, then they remember that information a little bit easier rather than sometimes being bored. Yeah, and there should be nothing in life that you can't have a giggle with and, and, a, and a laugh with and take humour into. Um, and, and mental health should, you know, is that as well. Does, does, you know, it does affect people in, in terrible ways, but you can use humour to kind of lift mm. people up from it, can't you, as well? Yeah. Absolutely. And, so, and some, of the, some of the podcasts that we've been doing is taking serious subjects... But then, really, I suppose from a from a mainstream media perspective, sometimes what happens is it becomes very serious, and you can't say that, you can't say this, where, and it all becomes, like I said earlier, it's kind of an illness-driven kind of narrative, but what we're, what we're trying to do is flip all that on its head, shift the perspective and thinking, right, anxiety, depression, psychosis, these are all growth things, these are all things that we can kind of learn from. 
what what made you launch a podcast what was obviously you came up with a name what was it did you both just always maybe have the idea in the back of your heads or was it the fact that you were listening to other ones and it was always very serious and you thought well actually we can do this from a different angle what what kind of made you want to launch the podcast and have these conversations i guess we're both like we're both when you work in mental health mental health nursing you kind of educators aren't you so i guess that felt a bit like it was natural to us to want to kind of spread the word a little bit and like you say we kind of looked at a lot of different podcasts and there was a lot of ones that were very good but very kind of serious and we just wanted to cut through that a little bit mm-hmm. um and do you know what outside of that it's fun isn't it we wouldn't do it if it was really hard work and 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 kind of really we struggle to kind of you know get through it and go yeah. oh, we've got to do another podcast next week it's we look forward to it because we can be a bit silly and a bit daft mm-hmm. and these are, and the, the conversations that we have on the podcast are conversations that we have anyway so mm-hmm. when we go for a coffee or meet up these are the conversations that we always have and you think well, why not record it mm-hmm. exactly it makes sense how did you come up with the logo the interesting logo so, I, I, I was drawing some faces, uh, and I thought, right, how how do we get the message of mind food? So, and we had a, the initial logo that we had was like a oh, it's hamburger, a brain, wasn't it? Yeah, like in a, a hamburger and a brain, yeah. which was the basic one to start with. And it looked all right, didn't it? But then we thought, right, so food, where's the food lie in the brain, and, and all. So it just was going around our heads a lot. And then I thought, right, all the stuff that makes us well, mentally well, are things such as sport, exercise, meditation, like I mentioned earlier, nature, being out in nature, kind of healthy living, music, all that type of thing. So it's a basically a head that looks a bit like Rich. Uh, <laughs> I think it looks like both of us because we're just yeah, bloke with the beards, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> so it's a bloke with a beard and then the top of the head is almost cut off. So it's not like a gory one because that'd be a bit weird. Uh, and then sprouting out of the top of the head is like trees nature big sunshine with a smiley face uh someone riding a bike someone going for a run there's a guitar there there's healthy food and all that type of stuff so it's basically that's the food for your brain it's quite clever it's like all the things that like maybe help towards recovering um from mental health Mm. how do you decide what subjects you talk about do you have a subject theme every week or is it just kind of whatever mm. floating around like we, in this story we <laughs> might have a bit of a oh right we're going to do a podcast now what should we talk about and then it'll just come to us and then we'll just start with a subject and then then it won't it'll just like chinese whispers at the end of that podcast what we're talking about is not what we started talking yeah. about we'll just let it because i think we were saying this off air weren't we that if, if if when we have a conversation, if you just have a chat, it flows so much better than trying to script stuff and trying to go, right, we're going to talk about this, this, this and this. It doesn't allow much room we, for We did practice it? with a script and having some bullet points of, of subjects. And the people that we are, we don't go off scripts. No. We just go in the moment and see what comes up. And it was rubbish, wasn't it? It was mm. just, it was just felt, it felt unnatural. Yeah, felt very unnatural. So, right, just scrap that. Let's just have the conversation, see what comes up. And there's always subjects in our brains, isn't there? Our minds, as in, it'll come up and we'll just go with what's in the moment. I think also with podcasts, the aim of them is to kind of really interact with the listener. So I think if you've got a script in front of you and it sounds rehearsed, I don't think people will have as big a connection with it. Do you you get what I mean? Yeah. And I think the best podcasts that I listen to now, and I do a lot when I go to the gym and stuff, is ones where it's just people talking about stuff 
So not necessarily it won't be related to mental health. It might be you know I do like, like CrossFit and stuff. So it's like two guys talking about CrossFit, and I'll just want to listen to that conversation for half an hour, and that's really interesting to me. Whereas it was someone just preaching something, or it was a scripted kind of thing. I'd lose interest quite yeah, quickly. I'd rather yeah. have that natural kind of flow. It's the storytelling approach, isn't it, that mm. kind of people kind of latch on to most. And also in all of our podcasts up to now, we always say hello to Barbara. Mm. Barbara is just a generic name. So if Barbara's out there listening, are you Barbara? Uh, it's just kind of just adding some weird humour into it. So when we end all our podcasts now, we just say hello to Barbara. Yeah, I think as well, it's like people always do podcasts on them about what they're passionate about, and what they know about, and I think. If it's scripted, then you aren't getting your true perception of like that subject. Do you, do you get what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because it can yeah. flow, can I, I suppose if we were to talk about something that I had no knowledge around, then this would probably feel really awkward. No, we're going to talk about bricks for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we could try and make it sound interesting. Could you? I mean, a good example would be the last podcast where we talked about mindfulness and what is mindfulness and we talk about how the brain works and how it will often you will drift off to certain areas and you'll think about this and you'll think about that and the idea of mindfulness is to try and bring your attention back to the present moment so we started to talk about that at the beginning of the podcast and thought ah, we're there we're kind of wandering off the subject of mindfulness here that's replicating what mindfulness is so we just use the whole podcast yeah. as, as a, a way to session wasn't <laughs> yeah. it so what, sure. when we when we almost went off subject too much one of us were, would remind the other as in oh our minds wondered too much and we'd bring the subject back to mindfulness again so it was quite and that yeah. just happened in the yeah. way it wasn't scripted to do yeah. that to the start exactly what what do you say to anyone who listens to your podcast or listens to this show who suffers with mental health is absolutely terrified of the stigma attached and doesn't know how to get help what what's your advice i would say this to people and even someone who talks about it a lot I, i'm a bit like mm. i've struggled with my own mental health mm. and i'm like sometimes i've found it hard like who do you go to to speak to like being mental health nurses what what is your maybe not summary advice but maybe like quick advice to anyone that is suffering in silence I think my main advice would probably be, and I, I hope a lot of people listen to this because, like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of fear attached to, if I speak about what I'm going to speak about, then I will sound mad and someone will lock me up because of what I'm speaking about. And I think if people can realise that if they do speak up a little bit more, there's, there's so many services out there to help with whatever your difficulties are and that's the first step I think if, if you kind of jump that first step of the fear then mm. there's so many people that can help and it doesn't have to be a mental health service it can be voluntary services it can be Barbara down the road who Barbara or Karen Barbara's yeah. a thing <laughs> so it, it is it's, 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 it's stepping over that fear hurdle to start with and once you're over that hurdle then people realise that they're not alone and I think when people are suffering they're suffering alone mm. thinking that it's only them that's going through it yeah. and if we were to truly be honest every single human on the planet suffers at some point uh, and we're all in the same boat together yeah exactly. absolutely I would yeah just to kind of add to that really I suppose that people every person's experience is bespoke to that person we're all individuals in a sense 
but what you're going through, other people go through as well. And certainly when we work at, when we look at kind of psychosis and, for example, hearing voices, people won't talk about that because it's kind of scary to kind of openly admit that. But even anxiety is sometimes scary for people to go, do you know what, I'm an anxious person, I've got anxiety. I feel like I shouldn't have that because I've got this certain kind of image that people, I think people kind of think of me. Um, so it's really hard to kind of open up, but you can use anxiety there's lots of people out there that have anxiety that don't show it so people think well I'm the only person but mm. people are not the only person yeah. everyone has a mental health and it will fluctuate and, and we'll all have difficulties in life so yeah you're absolutely not alone and what you're going through other people are going through as well but it's that first step it's a scary step oh, isn't yeah, it of course. I think people hide it don't they mm. do you know what I mean like I think if you say it's someone you suffer with anxiety and then they're quite a confident loud person I think people always think of a certain type of person mm. so i think it's kind of saying to people that mental health can affect anyone it's mm. not just people who maybe acquire or maybe don't look a hundred percent it it affects so many people um where do you record your podcast we always i always wonder with people like how they get creative at home and kind of <laughs> record the podcasts that most they do them, most of them have recorded in my uh zen den uh, in the garden so it's it's the yeah. shed. My father-in-law calls it a shed, but it's not a shed. It's a very <laughs> it's expensive shed, I suppose, but it's a, a big 10-foot by 10-foot shed. <laughs> <laughs> wooden structure. A wooden structure with a nice roof on top. Uh, so we do it most in there because that's kind of a... It's a nice creative area. I've turned it into almost kind of a little meditation kind of area. Uh, so it's nice to kind of do it now, nice and peaceful. I think it's good as well, the fact you've done it at home and you thought of this idea and now you've got it out there as a podcast, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, simple idea can be mm. made into something. Do you do it weekly or do you just do it whenever you have got time? Or At the minute, it's kind of it's every four weeks, isn't it? Um, literally, we start this and we haven't got a clue what we're doing. We're kind of learning on the job, aren't mm. we? It's totally new yeah. to us. Um, but I think as we get a bit more confidence with it, we might kind of... Because people, I think, when you look at YouTubers and podcasters, they, like, stack up. Don't they? They'll kind of they'll get, like, yeah. three or four different episodes and they'll kind of do them all at the same time and stack them up. And we don't know what we're doing. We're just kind of just going we're with just the flow. We're just having fun, aren't we? Just recording the fun, basically. Yeah. Exactly. So where can people find the podcast if they fancy a listen? So the podcast is... Oh, what's the, it's Anchor, isn't it, that we're on? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's also on Spotify. It's on Spotify, so not all the major kind of hosters, so mm. kind of, yeah, Spotify, Apple kind of music as well. Mm. Um, so you can just kind of search in there, the Mind Food Podcast, and just look for that symbol, the, the guy's head. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't miss it, can you really? Because <laughs> I think there's a few similar kind of looking kind yeah. of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've also we've recorded, we're going to start... Re recording a few kind of video on as well so it will then go on youtube so the youtube channel's called sim for mind and the mind food podcast because well, sim for mind is the business now on to the business tell us about this business that you've launched Let, what's it called what's what's the idea behind the business just a bit bit of information how it, i suppose how it's how it started really was uh we both have a passion for education and particularly because we both worked in early intervention for quite some time then our passion is we need to this needs to be more early intervention as in with kids in primary schools if if you can change a generation then you start with the children uh and it was almost like, right, we need to educate children in this in this kind of scenario. So I was just, I mean, we both love to talk, but kind of, 
I just love to kind of just talk about mental health and kind of getting it out there a little bit more. So I was kind of going into volunteering in schools of, of teaching stuff to kind of uh, teachers and TAs and, and staff and what have you. And it kind of just spiraled from there. And I had a I had a quick meeting with uh, the Bungalow Partnership, uh, which is a local charity that kind of goes into schools that provides kind of play therapy and that type of stuff for children. Uh, and I was offered a consultancy job with them to kind of do some staff well-being work, and it's kind of spiraled from there. And I thought, well, this is this is a way into this kind of genre, I suppose. Uh, so it kind of started from that, and then it, we we've had conversations of so so many years around if for for whatever organisation or whatever company, then if you have well-being, mental well-being at the heart and the foundation of your of your business then people are happier, people have fun at work, and when people are happy and having fun at work, they're more productive. So it kind of spiraled from that, really, and, and over the last maybe couple of months, we've thought, right, let's just launch this of trying to get out there to provide well-being in kind of local companies, local organisations, schools, even personal kind of one-to-one mm, -one mm. sessions, coaching sessions. So we've, we've launched it that way really, mm. we? and I suppose over the next maybe couple of months, we're just going into to local companies and doing some free kind of uh, education sessions around yeah. kind of just mainly kind of looking at how we can shift that perspective around illness to kind of a growth kind of mindset on things it's certainly more pertinent now because of what's happened with the pandemic and, and lockdown and when I mean, you look at a lot of businesses now they work a lot of people a lot of staff are working from home and potentially will work from home continually um, a lot of businesses I think a lot have of changed people, their model haven't they in a sense a lot of businesses a lot of people now working from home until at least March yeah. of 2021 is what, as far as I'm aware which I think is going to have a massive impact oh, on people yeah. I yeah. wouldn't want to work yeah. from home. I, yeah. I enjoy going to work and yeah. socialising with people, interacting with people. I find it difficult if I had to like do my main job from home. So your business, what's the aim? Is it is it to get to companies and like different workplaces and kind of get that message out? Is that the main aim of the yeah, reason why you've I, launched it? I suppose it? the vision is to inspire people to recognise that if you have a well workforce no matter how big or small it is then everyone will be happier having fun at work and people i mean all the research suggests that if you if you've got a happy workforce then the the 500 percent more productive so why the hell would you want a stressful mm. workforce because you know we all want to be more productive we all, all want to achieve more and and it shows that if if you focus well-being as the foundation then that that happens quite quickly. And a lot of the biggest businesses in the world, you know, the Googles and the, and the Apples, they do massively focus on mm -hmm. well-being. Silicon Valley are kind of famous for that. Either they yeah. focus on play and fun and connectedness with the with the staff, and obviously the massively efficient and productive companies. And it's I, I guess for us, it's not about kind of then saying, well, that's just for the big companies. It's about for any any company. So it's the local coffee shop down the road with four members of staff right up to your big organisations should be thread through them all of yeah looking at physical and, and mental well-being um, it shouldn't just be about kind of production and, and, and kind of pushing people to do better without looking after them because mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're, not, they're not just cogs in a wheel they are human beings and you've got to look after your staff if you look after your staff 
then the look um, yeah we'll um, after you. After. a more flowing yeah. business yeah. well thank you both so much for coming on it's been a pleasure to speak to you about your experiences being mental health nurses your podcast and your business which i think is a brilliant idea by the way going into businesses and speaking to people because i think I work for a big organisation and they're very good at dealing with mental health but I've worked for smaller ones in the past and there hasn't been that support there um, so I think it's a really good thing that you're doing so you, people can listen to your podcast on all the mainstream services and it's called The Mind Food Podcast yep. uh, I'll certainly be giving that um, a listen in the car but yeah thank you so much thank Alan you. Richard for coming on and chatting to us um, that's all for this week um, um, we are here again next week from five o'clock. Well, hope you like that, guys. And tune in next time for hopefully an interview with a close friend of ours who has wanted to tell a story for a while. He's spoken to Alan before. Um, so we've got a full interview with him, hopefully, in the next week. Take care, guys. Bye.